Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. Talk to you just for a moment about overcoming two type of two type of objections or obstructions that sometimes can keep you uh, or out of the perfect will of God or cause you to miss uh, the will of the Lord in an area, an obstacle that can rise up. One of them is is man made. Uh, we'll talk about it first, and the second one is a spirit, a demon spirit. That we'll see if I have time in a short period of time. I'm uh, sensitive to the clock tonight, so I'm not going to abuse you by keeping you here too long. I will ask you to recite back everything I teach before you leave. If you can't do that, then then I get to go to midnight. So uh, anyway, because I love to teach the Word of God, Acts chapter 18. Some of you could do it too. I mean, we got some Word people in here. Leanne said, "Come on." <laughs> uh, Acts chapter 18. This is the story uh, of the Apostle Paul. We see part of that right here. We also see it over in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. It also relates a lot to those areas. And so I may move back and forth into both of them for a few minutes this evening. The Apostle Paul uh, wanted to obey the Lord, obviously, and he was very zealous for God. When he first got saved, the Apostle Paul, the first five or so years of his ministry, uh, he was out there pretty much on his own. Uh, he uh, was just trying every way he could, and the Apostle Paul obviously was a Jewish man. Uh, he was kind of the Pharisee of the Pharisees, he said, and he was well known. Uh, he had a, his uh, expertise in the Scriptures was amazing. Uh, history says, of course, that he could speak thirty-three different languages. Uh, he could memorize. He had memorized the first five books of the Bible, uh, the Pentateuch. He knew that, uh, and probably the Book of Psalms. I'm not sure, but anyway. Uh, one thing's for sure, he was well prepared for what he did in the natural as a Jewish zealot, someone who was on fire for what he was doing, and he was very anti-Christian. Are you listening to me? And so when Jesus uh, appeared to him on the road and kind of put him on the ground, and he looked up and he saw a light when he gave his testimony, he said it was a light brighter than the noonday sun, uh, and he said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. It's very hard for you to kick against the pricks. Uh, the, the word pricks right there is a word for the goad. A goad it was a long, sharp instrument that they would get behind an ox or a, maybe a donkey or something. And that ox is uh, working and pulling. And if that thing slowed down a little bit, they just kind of jab him right there in the, in the withers like that, and he'd just move on, or sometimes they would just have it already there, and if he kicked back, if he kicked against it, well, it would just kind of bloody his leg a little bit. And, and uh, uh, Jesus said to the apostle Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus at that time, he said, it's very difficult for you to do what you do in life, kicking against uh, what is causing you to go forward. And he said, you are a special vessel, I've chosen you, and the scripture is very plain about it. He said, he's a chosen vessel uh, and he has chosen to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Everybody say Gentiles. The apostle Paul obviously was called by God and raised up. He said he took them first to the, he was to go to the Gentile. He was to go to kings and to the children of Israel. 
Uh, the scripture is real plain in Acts uh, chapter 9 and verse 15. When Paul was converted, uh, God gave that word to Ananias. He prophesied that over him. And uh, then the blindness left him. And when the blindness left him, he was also filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. It's important to get that, that he was chosen and he would go to the Gentiles. You've got to understand in that day, uh, if you think racism can be a problem or was a problem in the United States uh, for so many years, thank God we're getting better every day. Come on. Can I get two amens right there? Uh, at Abundant Life, we, don't, we ought to kill that demon in Jesus' name. If you struggle with racism, just keep coming here. I'll preach that demon out of you. But uh, be that as it may, uh, Paul was wall to wall that. He was pro-Jewish uh, only, and if you were not Jewish, uh, you were a second-class human almost to him, especially uh, if you were a follower of Jesus, the new fledgling church uh, that had been uh, going now for about 10 years uh, at his conversion. And so he imprisoned people. He was probably uh, in, involved in, in definitely persecution, prison, beatings, stonings, and probably death. He was holding the coats, the Bible says, of the ones who stoned Stephen. Uh, Saul of Tarsus was doing that. One time the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and I won't go into the detail, uh, but in a, in a powerful visitation, uh, the Lord said, the reason I wrote that, that Saul of Tarsus was holding the coat of the ones who stoned Stephen. As the stones fell upon Stephen, he looked up and the Bible says that God took him. Um, the reason that I signified that and put it in the scriptures was to signify that the mantle that was on Stephen fell back, of course, and Saul uh, then had to pick that ministry up and take it forward. So not only did Saul become the Apostle Paul, but he also brought that ministry forward that Stephen would have done. I'm preaching real good right now. The Bible says those that enter into their rest in the book of Revelation cease from their labor, but their works continue on. And glory to God, I believe when we get to heaven, Stephen, though he was a martyr, I believe the, the gospel and the ministry and those that he had affected already and those things continued to have a downline experience that he's still receiving rewards in heaven today. I wish somebody would get a little excited about that. Uh, maybe this summer at some time or later in the fall, we'll speak on the, on the kingdom of heaven a little bit uh, more, not just the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of heaven. What the Bible says about that, because heaven, the more I study the scripture, the more it is such a wonderful place. So the apostle Paul is called to the Gentile, and, uh, but he did not want to go to the Gentile. He did not like the Gentiles. He's going to familiar places in the synagogues. But he's got such a deep revelation and a powerful conviction when he begins to reveal that. Uh, Paul was real blunt. He, uh, he would just, just kind of cut to the chase and he, he could show them real quick how Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that the Jewish Messiah was supposed to be. And he would reveal that. That's why on the day of Pentecost, when they begin to speak with other tongues, uh, the apostle Peter got up on that day he said, wait a minute, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in Joel 2, 25 uh, and 26, 27, 29, 30. Yeah, and he preaches that whole message. It's like the light came on. And as soon as the light came on, he says, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, like Gentiles, uh, Jews, redheaded people, and, and Galvestonians. Hallelujah. Everybody, the remote areas of the world, Hitchcock, 
Galveston Island. And so uh, Paul was very uh, zealous for the Lord after he, but it almost got him killed more than once. Uh, right after his conversion, he goes and he begins to declare Jesus in the synagogue. He loved to go into the synagogues and uh, they could not debate with him. So they would get to a point where they would just become angry because God had networked the scriptures that they had. Remember, the New Testament had not been written yet. Uh, Paul writes 13 books of it in the process. So they had the first five books of the Bible and that reveal the Messiah all through there in, in what the Bible calls types and shadows. Amen? Amen. And so the Apostle Paul uh, would begin to talk to them and reveal Jesus to them and the mystery. The Bible calls it, the, uh, the word is the uh, mysterio, uh, the, the mystery. Uh, in the Greek, it means the thing that has not yet been known or revealed. It doesn't mean mystery like some spooky, you know, Hardy Boys mystery thing or something like that. No, it just means the thing that is not known yet. That God had revealed that Christ not only would come and would be Emmanuel, God in flesh, that Jesus is Him, but lo and behold, He will send His Spirit and that His Spirit will occupy you. He calls it Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. <clears throat> he calls it the anointing. And, the, and he wanted the Jews to receive that so diligently. He was just after them. And every time he'd try to teach to them uh, just about, he would nearly get killed. Because God had called him to the Gentiles. First to the Gentile, then to kings, uh, the, which would be rulers many times over uh, Gentile nations, and then to the children of Israel, the Bible says. Peter spoke to the Jews predominantly. But Paul spoke predominantly uh, and very powerfully in Rome and in, in, in Corinth and in Ephesus and in Thessalonica. Are y'all listening to me? And places that had small Jewish uh, populations in, uh, in relation to the rest of the population of those areas. Many of them would have a small synagogue in them, but uh, they were not... Um, uh, almost all of those were not predominant Jewish at all. So he would go to the Gentile after he got himself adjusted and decided, I think it's better for me to obey God. His first five years of ministry, he's out there just winging it on his own, just out of zeal. And uh, he's struggling and he has to work. Uh, he has to physically labor uh, at that particular point just to survive and get by. But he made a shift in his ministry and decided, wait a minute, I think I'm going to start speaking to the Gentiles. And when he did, money starts coming to him. And all kind of provision begin to come to him. Uh, I can't say that every time you're in the will of God, that, that uh, supply is going to come to you. But I can say every time you have a need, and you're in the will of God, that need's going to be supplied. <clears throat> did you get what I just said? Uh, and so in Acts 18, I'll start it here, and I'll probably pick this up next Wednesday night uh, since it, we're still in, the, in, in May. After these things, Paul departed from Athens, and he came to Corinth. Paul has just had a powerful experience, listen, with Gentiles. He goes in Athens. It's uh, the place that uh, uh, he, he begins to talk about the unknown God. This place had thousands of idols, history says. 
They lined the streets and the roads. It was the pagan of pagan places that you could go to. And they were all into their own intellectualism. And the Bible, of course, uh, uses the word called ignorance. Uh, oftentimes, uh, it, it's um, translated as the word uh, uh, Gnostic. And we get our English word Gnostic from that uh, particular word. And that's where Gnosticism uh, comes from. These people were not atheists in the sense that they did not believe that there was not some God. They just believed there were thousands of them, uh, possibly. Uh, and Paul said, well, you've even got a statue there that says to the unknown God. They wanted to make sure they covered them all. So if you had a God that, that they didn't know about, well, they, they got you a statue anyway that you can just kind of curtsy to it or however you want to uh, when, when you come into the city. So the Apostle Paul begins to dispute in the city and begins to talk and lecture uh, in like a city square area. And then also he, he found a small synagogue. And the Bible says he went there, but he saw this great drive and desire of people. So he, he's a street preacher and he's out in a place actually where there was a lot of theological and intellectual debate that would go on and people would have their time. And someone comes to him and they say, that's fascinating. You're really a smart person, and we've never heard about this Jesus and the kingdom of God, and all of those things uh, described the way you were teaching about it. You need to go up to this big summit area uh, called Mars Hill. It was a great place where uh, all of the leading Stoics of the day would get, and they would sit there. It was a giant think tank of, of spiritism. Am I boring y'all? Are y'all getting this? And he says, that's where we're going to take you. So they bring him up there. And he gets an audience in there. And when it gets his time to talk, he just starts saying, I'm going to talk to you about the unknown God that your statue is out there. And he begins to reveal Jesus. And he talks about the plan of God. And finally, he gets down to the point, he said, God's appointed a man and he's appointed a day when he will come and he will judge the world in righteousness. And he says, and there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. And they freaked out when he said resurrection of the dead. They cut him off and said, no, no, no. Um, we can't go there because that would make your God trump all the other gods. Are y'all listening to me? So they, they stopped him right at that point and they said, well, we'll talk to you later about it. It's fascinating what you're saying, but get out of here. But there were a few people who believed him and he actually wound up beginning a church there in, in, uh, in that Athens area. And of course, now he's coming into Corinth. Uh, chapter 18. I just gave you the setup and my time's up. Do y'all want to give me five more minutes? And after these things, Paul departed from Athens and he came to Corinth and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born, uh, born in uh, Pontius Latney, come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius, who was the ruler, had commanded that all Jews were to depart from Rome and to come that direction to Corinth. And he wanted them out of Rome and he wanted them there. Uh, the Bible says, uh, verse 3, speaking of the Apostle Paul now, and because he was of the same craft as Aquila and Priscilla, because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and worked. For by their occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogues every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when, uh, when Silas and Timothy, that's also in 2 Corinthians eleven nine. I wish I had time to go there, but my time's up. When Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, 
Paul was pressed in the Spirit. You notice that's a little s. That's not the Holy Spirit. Paul was pressed in the Spirit, and he testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment. And he said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. Now here's what I'm going to say to you. So here he is. Uh, he's been trying to get into the synagogues for five years, and he's hoping to have a move of God there. But God, in Acts 9.15, when he was saved and converted, God said he is a chosen vessel, and he is to go to the Gentiles. Uh, and for a Jewish man to go like that to the Gentiles, especially a man of great position like Paul had been, uh, in all probability, most historians say he was in what was called the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was this council of 70 uh, rulers uh, who were powerful. They were uh, That had begun when Moses uh, needed some help. And so he appointed 70 judges to help rule over the lesser things, and then he would rule over the greater things. How many of you read that in the Bible? So that principle had continued on. Now Paul is in that particular elite group. And he gets converted and becomes a radical for Jesus. And so uh, the issue he had, uh, first of all, was uh, he did not like Gentiles. But God said, he's a special vessel that I have prepared. I've chosen him. I've called him and I have anointed him. He's going to go to Gentiles. That's why you and uh, I today have the New Testament, the epistles of the New Testament, uh, because not only did Paul get his doctrine and his calling corrected, he had to have a change of heart himself. That's one of the reasons God stuck a man with him called Barnabas, the son of consolation. Barnabas loved everyone. And, and uh, Saul of Tarsus, the apostle Paul, didn't like you if you were not like him. But Barnabas said, wait, this thing's for everyone. And uh, Barnabas was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. He saw all the different things that took place that day. So here the apostle Paul is now in Athens and suddenly he's, he had gone to a synagogue again, but he is beginning to lean another direction now. And so he's beginning to find out, if I talk to Gentiles, whoa, I have favor. I have enormous favor because that was the call that was on his life. And so uh, uh, even though God said that the gospel was to the Jew first, then to the Gentile, he called because Jesus, of course, came out of that Jewish tribe. So obviously the gospel went there first. But then when, uh, as after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then it was for male, female, Jew, Greek, no difference. Are you with me? And so here Paul is, and he knows that God has called him to the Gentiles, but he is not pursuing that call. He keeps trying to stir up the Jews. And every time he does, like he goes up to Ephesus one time and does that, starts a riot. They were rioting in the streets, almost got some people killed. And so he goes outside of the upper coast of Ephesus, Acts 19, and uh, goes and he begins to have his own thing in Acts 17 also later on. So here, here's what takes place. So as the apostle Paul goes there, he finds these two uh, believers, Aquila and Priscilla. And these two uh, were actually, the Bible says, by occupation and by craft, 
Uh, Acts 18.3, the word craft is an interesting word. It just means a fellow worker or someone who has uh, that same skill. Uh, it's the word um, homotechnos. And uh, homotechnos is an interesting word. Technos is where we get our word technology from today. Technical. And it just means a, per, a, a type of skill or craft. And the word homo, uh, it means uh, uh, one of the same or something that is the same. Uh, and so when you put the two words together, the Greek word homotechnos, it just means the same craft or the same skill set. Y'all doing okay? And so he, he finds one and it says they were of that same occupation. And that word's the word techne. Uh, the word occupation is, and it means a occupation, a craft, an art. Uh, and then the scripture says, because they were tent makers. You have to understand the first few years of Paul's life, he just had to work to eat. And uh, he would get just enough to eat. Then he would be in that synagogue and anywhere he could teaching and preaching and trying to follow the Lord in his life. But he still hadn't hit on the call of God that was in his life yet. So he was short-circuiting things in his life. One time God took him and put him out uh, on the backside of the desert in Arabia and kept him back there for a few years and, and downloaded into him 13 books. And he ultimately wrote those books, some of them from prison and, and other places. As God began to raise up these uh, churches, he begins to write what God had placed in him. And so... As he's there ministering, he meets these two people, and the Scripture says that they were tent makers. And the word tent maker, I'm not of the opinion at all that the Apostle Paul just made tents. King James says tent maker. The word tent maker is the word S-K-E-N-O-P-O-I-O-S, uh, skinopoios. And the word skinopoios uh, just literally means one who is skilled with leather. And so Paul didn't just make tents. They, were, they had the same skill set. And so they made tents, but they would also have made shoes. They would have made belts. They would have made anything that had to do with leather. And that was every good Jewish boy growing up was taught a craft, which I think is a huge thing. I still believe that schools ought to have some type of craft room uh, where they can learn a particular occupation or skill to go along with their education. I think it's a great thing. It helps develop. But uh, anyway, that's how they did it. And Paul was taught how to work with leather from the time he was young. And so they begun to do that. Now look what takes place. And there, if I took you to 2 Corinthians, you would see that at that time, here comes uh, Silas and Timothy. And they join him. The last time they had seen him was in a place called uh, Berea and uh, maybe in Corinth. Uh, and they hadn't seen him in a while, but they had never seen him focus ministry on the Gentiles and have the kind of success that he would have when he would preach to the Gentiles. But those guys were just wall-to-wall -wall Jewish themselves. And they uh, believed that was the case. Now the Scripture says they come to him and they find him here. Silas and Timothy were come in verse uh, 5 from Macedonia. Paul was pressed in the Spirit. That word pressed, now listen to this, and here's my message for tonight. That word pressed, uh, when he was pressed in his Spirit, just literally, uh, it, it, it's an interesting word. Anyway, it's a word, you'll, you've heard me teach on it before, sun echo. And the word sun echo means to pressure. It just literally means to, to press, to, to, uh, to, to put pressure. It could mean to compel, depending on its usage, uh, to compel, uh, to pressure. 
uh, undue type of pressure, unwanted pressure. Uh, it could imply manipulation. Uh, it definitely means a strong influence. And uh, we see over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 that when they came to him, the Bible says they brought a lot of what the Bible calls support. And so the word for support there is like one of the Huper type words. It means they didn't just bring a little offering to him. They brought a lot of money from the churches to him. Somebody shout hallelujah. So uh, here they show up. Now here's Acts telling what took place in 2 Corinthians 11. They show up here uh, at the same place here in the book of Acts. And he is trying to talk, obviously, and telling them about, man, I've been working with these Gentiles. And God's doing something with these Gentiles. And these two men come with a bunch of money, Silas and Timothy, and they press him in his spirit. They're like, man, look, you need to go to the Jews. Uh, you, you don't need to do that. He's probably saying, but I'm telling you, God told me that I first go to the, the Gentile, then to the kings, then to Jews, then to the children of Israel. And he, he's like, well, I, uh, I don't think you could. So much that it intimidated him, it pressured him. And Paul redirected or misdirected his calling. And he decides, all right, then I'll go to the Jews again. And they must have really affected him. And maybe because they brought him a lot of money. I don't really know. People try to manipulate sometimes. But here we see Silas and Timothy show up and they press on him and he goes away from his calling. Watch what he says. When they were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit. I know sometimes people have read that like the Holy Spirit was working on him. That's not in the Bible right there at all. Uh, and, and it's nice that somebody would say that, but that's not what that scripture says. It means something was unduly pressuring him. He was pressed in his spirit. When they came, and of course, Silas and Timothy would have wanted him to go to the Gentile, I mean, to the Jews. And the Bible says, and so he testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Listen, he's been having a great success. I can give you about five scriptures real quick that tell about the miracles, the signs and wonders when he's with the Gentiles. And he's suddenly beginning to understand, wait a minute, that is my call. I understand it. And then two of the brothers came and begin to say, man, you mean to tell me you're going around with them Gentiles? Like you're a member of Abundant Life? Isn't that a white church? Isn't that a black church? Are y'all listening to me? You mean you run around with people that lay hands on sick people? Yeah, and they get well. Y'all speak with other tongues? Isn't that old-fashioned? No, it's called Christian. It's in the Bible. It belongs to you. And so they pressured him. And the scripture says, and so he goes that way and begins to take that way. And the Bible says, and the, when he begins to declare Jesus, they oppose himself and blasphemed. The Bible says he shook his garment. He said, your blood be upon your own head. I am clean from you forever. From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. And he got his ministry on course right there. He made a decision, and from that time on, he would speak to the Jews, but it was the Gentile first. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Can I just say, sometimes there are people uh, or circumstances. I don't, I, I don't have time to take you over to 1 Thessalonians now, uh, where show where Satan tried to hinder. 
But right here we see it real plain that people can try to hinder you sometime. And you just have to make this decision. Wait a minute, God's called me to love everybody, to minister to everyone. Uh, listen, that's why we're planted in the house of God. I've never known any Christian in a Holy Ghost church that someone doesn't try to talk them out of that church. It's either a family member, an acquaintance, or someone. I hope it's not another member of the church. Because God will, God will plant you in an area. And when he plants you there and you begin to flourish and grow, don't get these ideas like I'm supposed to go down over here and do this and somebody else does that. Look, it's nice to be impressed with other people, but you better, I don't care if they bring a bunch of money to you. Tell them, say, bring it to the pastor. He knows how to handle it correctly. And I promise you, they'll shut up if they're doing that. But what's important, what's important is that we're in the will of God. We find the will of God. And keep that primary thing. This summer, I'm going to be talking about that. And I believe God will be speaking to men and women's lives and they will see it, see it, see it. And like the Apostle Paul, from that time on, no one could talk him out of the primary call that God had in his life. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord if you got that tonight. This is Walter Hallam. And I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women I found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.